need more than others. Some people are going to be given more responsibility than others. And yet, all these people are going to be in heaven, on earth, with God. And somebody explained it this way to me, which I really found helpful. So imagine you're at a, a concert to watch a proficient play the piano. And, and at this concert, you've got a, a grade one music student who's, who's watching the, the, the pianist do their stuff. And the grade one's going, wow, that is fantastic. I'm learning my scales, my C, my G's. Look what that guy's doing. I think that's a guy there. Look what that guy's doing. They are amazing. And they're they're filled with awe and wonder and and joy. But there's also a grade eight uh, pianist there who studied the piano for like six, seven, eight years. And they're looking at it and going... Cool. This is my lack of musical knowledge, you know. You know. Cool. Look at the the uh, arpeggios that they're playing, and look at the the phenomenal stuff that they're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, anybody who got only took out some great musical terms, and this grade eight pianist is watching it, filled with joy, just like the grade one pianist is watching it, filled with joy. The grade eight is there. And, and going, wow, they are amazing and saying words that I can't use. But there's also, a, you know, a, a Mozart, you know, a Beethoven, a Bach sat there in the, 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 the audience watching. And the appreciation that they have for this other proficionado is way beyond the depth of the grade eight student, the person who's devoted their entire life to, to that task really, really appreciates and gets so much more. And yet, if you ask any of the three of them, they're all, they all say, this is great. They all say, this is wonderful. They all say that they're filled with joy and amazement. Yet, somehow, the depth is different. And I'm not saying that's the, a full explanation of, of what's going to be happening. But what I'm trying to get across there is the, the Bible definitely says that when Jesus comes again, that there are rewards and there are responsibilities given to us as Christians based on how we've lived our life. The Bible uses the expression, save through the skin of your teeth as well. It uses that in, in the Old Testament somewhere. I can't is it Ezekiel? Anyway, it doesn't matter where it is. You know, we don't want to be, you know, when Christ comes back, be in eternity, you know, by the skin of our teeth. The Bible talks about, uh, about fire, refining fire, purifying, and it sees what's left. And we want to make sure that, that when we get to eternity, at the second coming, you know, that there's, there's, lots, there's lots left. <clears throat> so I want to just point out on this, this point about being saved through the skin of your teeth, that the Bible also warns us about being saved and losing our faith. Now, once again, that's another whole sermon series, and I have preached on that as well. But I, I want to just say, it seems to me that you can choose to walk away from God. You can choose to walk away from Christianity. You can choose to turn your back on your faith and what you believe in. And all I'm going to do is, I'm not going to spend time going through this, but I'm going to put up about 10 Bible verses or 15 Bible verses 
that you can take a picture of or you can go online and look at them yourself and you can go through all these verses to come to your own understanding. There's Once again, there's books written on this subject. But our reading today, our reading today from Matthew 25 talks about 10 people all excited at some point in time, all waiting for the, the arrival of, of the bridegroom, which is the image of Jesus coming back. The church being the bride and the ten, uh, uh, the, the ten people they are waiting excitedly at some point in time for the for the the, the groom to arrive for for Jesus to return, and yet five of five of them don't get in, five of them don't get into the party. Uh, that's just the story we, we we read today, and Jesus says, "Go away, I never knew you." So I, I want to put that out there, not as, a, as a, a gloomy situation, but just as a suggestion to you. Let's make a decision to stay close to Jesus, to walk close to Jesus. Because what happens is people don't normally walk away from Jesus overnight. It's a slow drip, drip process, month by month, year by year. A bit less time coming to church a bit less time worshipping God in private, a bit less time chatting to God in prayer, a bit less time studying your Bible. And degree by degree by degree, month by month by month, three or four years later, you think, you know, I don't believe this stuff anymore. So I want to encourage you to draw a line in the sand. January the 1st, 2023. Draw your line in the sand and say, I am going to make a decision to stay close to Jesus. I don't want to take a risk. I might not even believe Rob's theology. I'm 99% certain that what he's saying is rubbish. But I don't want to take a risk that he might be right and, uh, and that my faith can be gone. So I'm going to make sure that I don't take that risk by staying close to Jesus, by walking with him, so I don't run the risk of walking away from eternal life. So, Group one, are you ready for the return of Jesus? Are you ready for the second coming? Because it could be today. Probably won't be. But one day, somebody's going to say that and they're going to be right. We're told in our reading once again that nobody knows when he's going to come back. But it could be today and then you've got this the second group the second group of people are the people that, that say I'm not a follower of Jesus uh, but that question still applies to you in the, the, the passive sense you know are you ready for the second coming of Jesus the Bible tells us in Revelation 22 that he's going to come again soon well it's been 2,000 years and like in the parable, you know, it took a lot longer than they thought in the parable and they weren't ready. We're told that it will come in the twinkling of an eye. We won't know when it's going to happen. The previous chapter, Matthew 24, says it'll be like a thief in the night, unexpected. When you least expect it, Jesus will return. And the Bible makes it really clear in loads of different places the consequences of you deciding not to choose Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And I'm, I want to just be very, very simple on that. There's hundreds of books 
and thousands of sermons on this subject. But for me, you know, what the Bible says can be boiled down to quite simple. Is that if you choose not to accept God's gift of eternal life, you don't get eternal life. Perhaps John 3.16 sums it up, you know, simply. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, in fact, I'm I'm going to put it into its proper tense in the Greek, is believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The tense of that word believing is present continuous. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever is believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That verse is pretty clear. If you choose God, if you choose Jesus Christ, if you choose to make him Lord, you get eternal life. If you choose not to, to believe in God, you choose not to get eternal life. Which, you know, for some people, you know, they, they make that choice. They, they don't believe in life beyond death. So, and as a consequence, that's what they get. You know, they don't get life beyond death. Uh, but if, we, if you choose God, you have that option. God makes it uh, available to you. But it is the only way. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So, so Jesus explains it very simple. But it is a step of faith. You could say it's a step of logic, or you could say it's a step of faith backed up with, with logic. But, but it's definitely a step of faith. In some ways, it's like uh, in the Indiana Jones film. I don't know if you remember Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. He has this map which tells him to step out off the edge onto nothing. And it doesn't make sense, apart from the fact that the map hasn't been wrong so far. And all the other evidence has led him to think that he should follow this, but it doesn't make sense. But Indiana Jones steps out, thinking he's going to plunge to his death, but he doesn't, because unknown to him, there's a glass bridge that he didn't and couldn't see. And I suggest in some ways that that step of faith uh, is like that. In some ways it doesn't make sense. There's not complete logic to it until you step out and take that step. And then that step is confirmed by the, the relationship that you enter into with God. And that the relationship that that I have with God is what makes Christianity a reality to me. Far more than actually the Bible, which people have argued about for thousands of years. But nobody can ever argue with me about my relationship with God, my experiences with God, the miracles that I have experienced. In fact, the the millions of miracles that billions of people have experienced over the past 2,000 years are either all wrong or there's something in it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved, through faith, that not by yourself, it's a gift of God, so that no one can boast. So faith is required to receive the gift. God graciously offers the gift, and in faith you accept it. 
You don't merit it, you don't earn it, you don't work for it, you don't deserve it. You accept it. And accepting that gift, you're choosing eternal life. You see, there's also a risk involved and faith involved in saying no to that proposition. It's not a zero sum. You're taking a risk and you're planting your faith in the fact that God doesn't exist uh, and there's no eternal life. That is a risk that each of us has to take. And it's the same risk you take when you, you wander away from God. It's a bold statement to make to say that probably over two billion people throughout history have, have got it wrong. It's not a zero-sum statement. It is a statement with risk. So what I'm saying this morning is this. Christ is coming back. I don't know when, but I believe the Bible tells us very clearly he's coming back. And we are told to be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for the second coming? Just imagine for one minute that day. That day when Christ comes back. How are you feeling? How are your emotions? What's going through your mind when suddenly everything's changed and Christ appears in front of us? No matter what's going on in your life up to now, up to January the 1st, 2023, you can be ready for Christ's return this morning. No matter what's going on, how fantastic, how terrible, the amount of highs, the amount of lows you've had in your life and what your life's looked at, you can be ready this morning. And I want to encourage you at the start of 2023 to draw that line on the sand and say, I am stepping out in faith this morning. Whatever my relationship has been with Jesus Christ before, I'm going to make sure it's even better from now on. From now on, I'm drawing that line. I'm not taking any risk of wandering away. Or maybe for the first time, I'm taking the risk of saying, I'm stepping out in faith with Jesus. You know, whatever camp you're in this morning, if you make any of these decisions, please share it with somebody. We're going to have people at the back uh, willing to pray for you and to chat things through with you. You can say to God, just where you're sat in your seat, God, this morning, either for the first time or once again, I'm declaring you as God. I'm declaring you as my Lord. I'm choosing you. You can do that this morning in your seat, or you can do that with chatting to somebody at the back. Feel free to do that. I'm going to uh, sing a song. I'm going to ask you to remain seated. The, this song uh, is written by a guy in his 20s. A little bit like Steve, you know, I picture him. I've seen the guy and he's a little bit like Steve Taylor, to be honest. And it's called, I Can Only Imagine. And this guy is writing this song about envisioning the day when he sees Jesus. And he just starts <coughs> dreaming, thinking, wondering, what's it going to be like to see Jesus? And he, and he writes this song, which we're going to sing together. And as we sing it, and you remain seated, I say, if you'd like prayer, please, please go to the back for prayer. But enjoy just dwelling in excitement, hopefully, but the contemplation, the fact 
that Christ may return today.